T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hello, I am Dan Day on this rainy Thursday, our day 1,243 of quarantine if you've been locked up. It just feels that way, doesn't it? I don't know the exact number, but you're with me on that, I guarantee. Hopefully very soon things will get back to normal. Never going to be totally normal on this show. Try to keep you on the edge. In a few minutes, we'll hear from the Joe Rose Show talking to a guy who's kind of edgy on the air. He baffles you sometimes when he's announcing basketball games, but he was a baffling good coach years ago, and he is enchanting to listen to Jeff Van Gundy. You know, they're going to be talking all about the NBA. Then the Dan Levitard Show. They're going to make you laugh while giving you a message with comedian Neil Brennan. Then Hawk and Crowder. Vegas is back, baby! And you know, we're back right now with some headlines. Drew Brees has apologized for making anti-kneeling comments yesterday, saying he is sorry for the pain his insensitive comments have caused. NFL coaching staffs can return to facilities tomorrow. Teams will hold all camps at on-site home facilities this offseason. Under Armour All-American Jacoby George has committed to the U. The four-star wideout will be a senior next year at Plantation High. The MLS will resume the season with an Orlando tournament. The missed matches could cost the league $1 billion. FSU D-lineman Marvin Wilson says the team is boycotting practice after he claims head coach Mike Norville lied about reaching out to players individually in reference to George Floyd's death. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway will hold an IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader July 4th weekend with no fans in attendance. IMS had hoped that this would be the first sporting event with an audience since the coronavirus outbreak. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) Australian officials have identified a liquor store serial burglar as an endangered northern quoll. See, told you it wasn't me. An Indian farmer has grown a record-breaking seven-foot-tall coriander plant. Great! Now let's see what other kind of plants of record-breaking status this man can grow. Olympic runner Johnny Gregorick plans to run the world's fastest mile in blue jeans. Get ready for some chafing! Although I don't know if that's that big of a feat because one time I ran a marathon with no training in Chuck Taylor All-Stars. Seriously! The proof's on the pudding. Go check out my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Some video is up. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, rainy, <sighs> with temperatures in the high 70s. At least it didn't freeze. Hey, glass half full, not half empty. 
Glass is always half full and sometimes overflowing with the Joe Rose Show in the morning because they drink a lot of coffee, and you're probably drinking a lot of coffee from 6 to 10 weekday mornings anyway. Well, Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, Hollywood got you going this morning talking to former NBA coach and now announcer for the NBA. Like I say, you listen to this guy sometimes, and if you really listen to him, you're like, what? what is he saying? What? But he's a fascinating interview right here, so please dig in. His thoughts on the NBA restart, also what the new playoffs should look like, how he thinks the Heat will make a playoff run this year, and on bringing back big-name stars Kevin Durant, maybe Kyrie Irving, if they're healthy this restart of the NBA season. By the way, the pride of Martinez from uh, being a Northern California guy, the, the pride of the Van Gundy family, pride of Martinez, California. I just wanted to get that in there for you today. Yeah, I think uh, the DiMaggio's are probably a little bit better known. <laughs> That's all right. Martinez, but we'll take, and the Turners, and, and North, the Turners. And, uh, and Ron Turner. So, But we'll take it. We're, we might be in the top three. Hey, I always tell everybody, Jeff, and everybody's going to get bored of this story every time we have somebody on. But driving from Berkeley home out to outside of Sacramento, the smell over that Martinez Bridge will stick with me for life as, uh, as I get old, man. That was uh, that was special over there. Yeah, the refinery uh, hopefully has been oh. cleaned up a bit. And I went to junior high, like, right up the hill. So every day, oh. that was the nice... Uh, odor to go to school in so yeah good memories so NBA gonna vote today uh what were your thoughts on 22 team proposal and I know it's not easy to get the whole NBA together and try to figure this thing out but what do you think of some of their ideas and the proposal Adam Silver was left with no good way to put the season forward he's gonna try to be as safe as possible while also making as much money back as was lost for every person involved from ownership players TV so that was a hard needle to thread and I think I would have much rather seen all 30 teams come back I wasn't as concerned that some of the players didn't want to play for the really bad teams I mean that's just how it is uh, down the stretch of a normal regular season the the bad teams it's hard to find that motivation but I would have liked to seen 30 teams start in October and 30 teams finish this season, but they've chosen the 22. They're trying to make it at least a little bit equitable as far as giving teams a chance over a few regular season games to get themselves back into the playoff hunt. I'm not as understanding of the play-in situation and why we're doing that. I'm not going to complain because this is unprecedented what he's trying to do and the NBA is trying to make as much money back for their partners as they can. Yeah, of course money is the first thing I'm guessing for all these leagues on the on the the first thing you have to consent to at this point, but when a guy like LeBron James gets together with a bunch of the top rated players in the league and all come out and say we want to finish, we want to do whatever we have to do, we'll isolate, we'll do whatever we can. Adam Silver was put in a position where he couldn't not do it at that point, right? Like he, if LeBron and guys like that come out and Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't talk that much much come out and say we want to finish the season Adam Silver had to do whatever he could to get this back together to work especially for those the veterans the owners were probably pushing as hard as the players but I'm going to be interested to see guys if uh, a prominent player or two chooses to opt out where Mm. their fear overrides their desire to make their money back 
I don't know if that's a possibility. I also think that we don't know what fear lies beneath the surface if and when somebody on a team contracts the virus while we're, the teams are in Orlando. You know, what happens then? I think you can definitely start. I think finishing is going to be a challenge. And I don't know how long and what this isolation means. Does that mean they only are allowed to go to the gym and they have to go back to their rooms and that's it? If, if so, like I heard that the teams may have to go there a couple of weeks before for practice. So mid-July through October 12th, that's how they would live. I don't think that's feasible. I'm going to be very interested to see what's allowed in this so-called bubble because I don't see it being able to be a true bubble scenario where that's all they do is play basketball, go back to the room. Hey Jeff, the other thing, let's just think about this uh, home advantage has, has always been so big about getting the best record and having a, a true home advantage through through the playoffs and stuff and, and now you don't have it and it looks like the league is, is trying to find something to give the teams with the best record some type of advantage to take place of, of uh, a crazy home crowd. I don't know if there's really anything they can do, is there, for that? It's just it's going to be a better opportunity or the best team still going to be the best yeah i mean obviously the game suffers when there's no fans and there's no home court advantage i mean it's, it's one of the great things about nba basketball is the passion in the playoffs of fan bases it's it's so fun to watch so that's missing and i agree with you i don't i don't know that we can artificially give a team an advantage I think the best team's still going to win. I think the teams, I think it's going to be more challenging because of the situation. Living in Orlando for, you know, if you go back mid-July and you go all the way to October 12th, you know, three months being in one city, in one area, in Disney or wherever they're going to put the teams. And I think it's going to be really hard. Um, and I think so the, the strongest mental uh, team that can stay with it, retain their enthusiasm and not get bored i think it's going to have a huge advantage i'm interested to see what they finally come up with but i think these living situations are going to have a huge impact the player the level of player enthusiasm particularly after the initial enthusiasm about being back wears off by the start of that regular season are they already tired if they've been in orlando for two or three weeks practicing who can retain that excitement about being there What, what about the east and west seedings what do you thought about that? Are you just like reseeding everybody and for no matter whether you're East or West, what's the best way to do that? Well, I think overall, guys, I, I've always been for playing East and West in the regular season to minimize the travel, which is not totally fair. But then once you get to the playoffs, the top 16 records to me should go East or West. And then you seed them. I do not buy for one second that travel, if you had a Miami-Portland series in the first round or second round, that that should prohibit the 16 best teams from making it. The way teams travel, the way they're taking care of, the number of people invested in these organizations in the health and rejuvenation of the players and their bodies, I think should offset that. So in this situation, I certainly would always be for one through 16 best records without regard for East or West. I guess the scenario that a lot of fans might want to see, if, if that is the case and they go top 
16 and, and do it like that. The Lakers and the Clippers, a possibility of the two of them meeting in, in a finals matchup instead of the Western Conference finals. Uh, that could be exciting to watch if two teams from one conference get into it. And obviously the Lakers and the Clippers would be the two sexy teams to get in there. Uh, would you? Would that be a good finals matchup for Jeff Van Gundy? Yeah, whoever to me comes through, it would be great. And if it's the uh, two LA teams, terrific. If it's Milwaukee and Boston that come through, great. The great thing about the NBA playoffs and the seven-game series, it's hard to upset somebody. You only win if you're better, you know, particularly when there's home court advantage in it. So there's opportunities. You know, teams are closer than people would like to think. Uh, a nick hit here, a bump there, a luck, a bounce of the ball. And these series can change. And I think without home court advantage, things even up a little bit more. I think it would be it's going to be a fascinating scenario to watch unfold. Hey, Jeff, real quickly, uh, the Miami Heat. We haven't even talked about our team here in Miami. What do you think about this team? They surprise you with what they're able to do. And can they make a run, a little bit of a run in this playoff uh, system in Orlando? Well, I think they can. First of all, I, I love everything about the Miami Heat team. I, I love Eric Spolstra to me as a Hall of Fame coach that for some reason doesn't get the national acclaim that I think he should. I, I think the guy is brilliant. I think he maximizes his team every year. I love the players that they pick. I, I love how hard they play, how intelligently they play. And because of their youth, their shooting, and their persistence. I think there'll be a mentally strong team coming into this playoff scenario, and I think they're absolutely going to play well right off the bat. One question I want to ask you, Jeff, just because if they do go into this format and they bring all these teams back, if you were kind of the GM, head coach, or someone executive for the Brooklyn Nets, and you saw that your two star players uh, that you signed in the offseason, obviously before this season, both were injured, major injuries too, to basically at least one or both guys, would you bring them back in this kind of format if you thought both of them were healthy, or you let them sit this one out because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving obviously changed the entire landscape of that Brooklyn Nets team if they do uh, it when they're in the playoffs but would you bring those two guys back or let it sit out and just bring them back next season yeah and throw in John Wall in there as well and right. uh, Nurkic of Portland Zach Collins of Portland what you said is so pertinent to the question if they're healthy if they're healthy absolutely right. I don't understand if they're healthy not just those guys but if any player is healthy why wouldn't you want to play and I I've read uh, John Wall's not going to play, and and he says he's 110%. I don't understand it totally. Maybe they just want a fresh start in the new season. If you're healthy, I I would think you'd want to play basketball and earn your paycheck and play with your teammates, and that would be how I would see it. But I think it starts with being healthy. If they are truly healthy and they can practice and play and have been cleared, then obviously it's it's in their court. I'm not sure why they wouldn't want to play. Hey, Jeff, before we let you run, what in the hell have you been doing for two and a half months with that, with this coronavirus? I was just thinking of knowing you and watching you coach and watching you as, as passionate as you are with these games. What the heck have you been doing? Are you driving everybody nuts, or what has it been like? You know, I, I read sometimes where people, like, resign jobs to spend more time with their family. My wife is begging me to take a job <laughs> to spend less time with the family. Absolutely begging me. So it's very interesting. If the Olympics ever add the the sport of long walks, long, slow walks, I'm your guy. Jeff, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on with us this uh, morning. Thank you so much. You got it. Take care. Jeff Van Gundy, great jokester, great NBA coach. As you could just now hear, great interview. Announcer? Ooh, I'm ready for July 31st, though. 
I'll take him saying some quacky, weird, goofy, nonsensical, not right stuff on TV as opposed to not having any basketball. I can only watch so much Bundesliga with piped-in sound. Programming note, coming up at 7 o'clock, my man Doug Plagans going to be giving you a Panthers rewind, living a Panthers pleasurable win from the past. But we're not done yet. In about five minutes, we get a little bit of this. A number of white people have said to me, they all start off by saying, well, I'm not racist. Just start from a place of I am a little racist. Just start from that place. We're all a little racist. Every single human being is a little racist. Dan Lebitard and comedian Neil Brennan going to make you laugh while sending you a message in just a few on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Happy birthday to the one and only Al B. Sure. How you doing? 52 years old today? Al B. Sure. Helping people make babies with his music for years. Ooh, it's rainy outside. There's a pandemic going around. You're on lockdown and you got Al B. Shore on the radio. What you do is your business. Got some business to do with Dan Lebitard's show. No, not like that. Get your mind out of the gutter. Going to make you laugh and going to give you a message right now with comedian Neil Brennan. This is a must-listen to comedy with a message so you laugh you understand you cry a little bit then you can get down to your i'll be sure business night and day they're talking about understanding the racial divide right now and then they touch on the drew Brees subject so how are you handling quarantine well daniel first of all i'd like to say um thank you for having me and i'd also like to thank all of the black guests who said no. Do you consider this time quarantine time anymore, or have we passed on to civil unrest, period? I think we're in we're in the middle of both, but just one disease has sort of been knocked off by another. Congratulations. What's funny about the way the government handled it, like the way Trump handled COVID was he would not help any of the states, right? It was states were on their own which would have been like in World War II if FDR had said, uh, uh, tough break, Hawaii, we're all pulling for you to Pearl Harbor. <laughs> so the states are on their own for COVID, but then somebody breaks into a Patagonia store and he's like, let me send in the 51st Airborne. Now's the time to help the state. Now that somebody's broken into the Gucci shop. Um Time to drop the hammer. Are you, I would assume you guys are just talking about all the George Floyd stuff, right? Uh, yeah, we've been spending a lot of time doing that. But what you mentioned, it is a sort of confusing time where we're just sort of now wandering out in the street. Never mind about social distancing. We're going to be shoulder to shoulder. And it strikes me that a second wave of this stuff is going to hit just because the protesters are standing too close to, to each other. But Yes, possibly. And I'm not going to say it's worth it, but at least. It's for some people, for for people that like to think of themselves as moral, it's a worth risk taking. What did I just say? A risk worth taking. It's very early here. 
It's almost nine forty-five. So it's a it's a risk we're taking. Like, yeah, at least it's not saying they're dying from something. But if people have to get a, a respiratory illness, hopefully survivable, at least there's some kind of legitimacy to it. I don't. The the funny thing is, it's like people keep telling me when they go, when do you think this will, when they'll stop protesting? And uh, it was like, do you think when they charge the cops? And I was like, no, because at this point, this is like when a couple's arguing at a restaurant and you, they they started out arguing about the bread, but then you realize this is about way more than the bread. This is about the whole relationship. That's how this feels like where people are absolutely it's about everything. You've been in and out since a young age of of black worlds. You have been uh, sometimes the white guy in black worlds. You've been giving advice to white people on Twitter. What advice do you have right now for the people listening? It's, it's a pretty broad, pretty broad advice palette. But I would say uh, if you want, people always say, how do you have so many black friends? Which is an insane question to ask, but because uh, it's been largely accidental. But I would say um, if you want to have black friends, one of the main things is go to where there are black people and spend time there, whether it's, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a black club or a black restaurant or a black party or a black, just anything. Even the what I call the black uh, neighborhood of your job. There's usually most jobs have a black neighborhood. It's usually not the uh, executive <laughs> suite. Hang out there. At first, they'll kind of ignore you. Then, then they'll be cool to you. Then they'll start calling you white boy blank, whatever your whatever your first name is. And then they'll just call you whatever your name is, Steve, Bob, whatever your name is. So that's the indoctrination um, process. That's, yeah, that's it goes so- from like we don't care about you. You're a little weird. Why are you coming here? All right, he's going to keep coming here. And then they'll finally go, hey, where's white boy Jeff or whatever? And then white boy Stu got whatever you want to say. You hate to generalize about these things, but black people are more patient than we are. All right, this is what I want to talk about. In terms of like, again, we all hate to generalize, but if we're going to generalize, let's make it positive. In my experience, black people are incredibly patient. If you're making an effort, if you're making an effort, they will uh, appreciate that. Here's what I, Erica Badu posted something on uh, social media where she said, you're lucky I don't want revenge and I just want equality. What I would say is, in my experience, black people are not vengeful. And I've been saying this for a, a few days. And then yesterday, somebody called me, a guy, a black dude, a comic who we had such horrible beef that he threatened to kill me. Literally. He was going to kill me. He said, we've come to your, I know where your condo is. First of all, I don't live in a condo, but it's a townhouse, so I know what he meant. And yesterday he called me to thank me for all the things I've been posting on social media. That's how not vindictive most people, most black people in general are not. That a guy who wanted to kill me, literally we were talking about, I'll kill you. Well, not if I kill you for, you know, and now... (laughs) It has been. It Neil, has you, been, Neil uh, you're not killing anyone first, Neil. I know, but you can't let that on if you're in a if you're in a if you're in a war. It doesn't matter how long they give you. Neil. <laughs> they can give I mean, you the, the rest things of the I was saying, like, do you know the services I have access to? Because it becomes like a rich thing, and like, please, you're gonna kill him with your soldiers. neuroses. He had soldiers. I had I had uh, security corporations. 
<laughs> it was a lot of fun. What were you beefing about, or is that all you've got to say on this it, subject? Like, no, you... yeah, I don't want to get any more specific about <laughs> all right. it. All right, what uh, what's the funny that you're finding in the protest? Can you find the funny? A comedian can find the funny uh, anywhere, right? I'm finding funny in, first of all, I like that all these white people are saying, like, uh, I need to educate myself. I need to, and it's like, aren't you the same person I saw at at that Kendrick Lamar concert? Like, what did you think he was talking about? What were you hearing at on when you listened to his record? What lyrics were you hearing? What did you think people were? It's like people go. Somebody asked me yesterday, "Hey, would you and uh, Chappelle do a master class on race?" I was like, "I think we did one. It's available on DVD." Again, like, why are you still? wondering like why time you don't what have you been doing what album what hip-hop album would you suggest all of them literally all of them (laughs) is there funny i have a question are are jacoby and jalen doing an after show for this segment (laughs) I, i i mean jesus here's a funny game to play when you're watching looters as they come out of the store pause it and bet your friends whether the looter is going to slip and fall or not. The amount of looters that slip and fall, it kills me. The, <laughs> almost every time one of them slips and falls coming out because it's like glass, like a new surface. So that's a fun game to play, Dan. What I found out about about the protester, what white people only like protesters a certain way, which is they only like black, black protests in a certain way, which is in documentaries about the 1960s. They do not <laughs> like new protesters. They are very scared. I don't know if we need to uh, take the color out of this footage to make older white people uh, think it's admirable or something, but they are not happy with the footage. I was also saying, oh, yeah, why are they? I got a question. Like, I live in L.A., right? Why are they clearing the streets for the protest? I went to a protest yesterday, and they were clearing the streets at 5. What are they clearing it for? Like, there's no, we're still in quarantine. So it's like, what do you, we need to keep this path clear for Uber Eats? Why are they worrying about the streets? Like, it are seems you, like a silly... It's, well, it's a confusing time, Neil. I don't understand. I thought we weren't supposed to be near each other, and now it's okay to be near each other as long as it's just one... As long as we're protesting. Yeah, well, I actually agree with that. I mean, it's it's silly, but I if you're going to... Look, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get an airborne illness, do it the right way. You know what I mean? Did, did you guys cover this Drew Brees stuff? Probably not, huh? Have at it. Have <laughs> at probably it. Probably not. We've got we've got you less than two. Didn't cover this we've, stuff we've at got, all. Did you guys get to that yet? It's all yours, Neil. We've got less than two um, minutes left, but have at it. God, I two minute war. I'm gonna let's go to two minute office. So if you're a football player, you can and you get interviewed. Just say, hey man, I get hit in the head a lot. I got no. Don't talk to me about this stuff. I'm a, I, I'm, I have the odds of me not having CTE are incredibly slim. So let's just assume I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'll tell you about Sunday and I'll tell you about the mood in the locker room and, and uh, the option or whatever they're talking about. I haven't watched football in a while. Is Willie Galt still playing? Now look. <laughs> That's the last time you um, watch football? 85? Is Willie Galt still? What do we hear from, from Sean Gale? Do we hear much? Now, are, here's what I want to say to white people. A number of white people have said to me, they all start off by saying, well, I'm not racist. Just start from a place of I am racist. 
a little racist. Just start from that place. We're all a little racist. Every single human being is a little racist. I'm racist a little bit. I'm sexist. I'm uh, a sizist. I'm religiously bigoted. Just start. But I take that into consideration before I act on it. Just start from the place of like, I'm a, I'm a lapsed, fallen person, and I'm going to make mistakes. Dude, the, um, I'm so, like, my brain doesn't, my first instinct is not the right thing. Like, you, have you guys seen that, the, the, um, oh, no. the, the no, see, wait, I said two minutes left. Two minutes. I said no, two, no, minutes left. two minutes left. No, yeah, no, the two-minute offense, you have it's failed. Like, no, no, you're going to get tackled in the backfield. Get out of here, Brennan. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Wait, <laughs> Goodbye. Dan being the hatchet man. I like it. But that was absolutely hilarious and very poignant from comedian Neil Brennan. You know why he and Dave Chappelle have been so funny over the years. Speaking of being funny, Hawk and Crowder afternoons here on 560 The Joe. You can't say my hometown of Rochester. I go, that's interesting. Didn't know you're from Rochester. And have you say, well, I'm not. Taking it to Rochester, I guess, next on The Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the best of the Joe show running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hope your Thursday's going smooth. I am Dan Day. Happy birthday to Stefan Lassard of the Dave Matthews band. Well, answer marching. Always love some Dave Matthews band. Not one of the fanatics that spends hundreds or even thousands of dollars to go see them live. I've actually, I don't think I've ever even seen the Dave Matthews band live, but I definitely go to it. I just wouldn't spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But hey, if that's your thing, if you want to go hang out, have some fun, jam out, that's your business. Let me know how it is. Send me pictures. You can tweet me at Dan Day Radio, although not a lot of touring going on these days. So hopefully Dave Matthews is they're kind of putting it all together and they're kind of getting it ready, saving up that energy for the future. Want to remind you, coming up at 7 o'clock, Panthers Rewind. Guy that knows music and a guy that definitely knows hockey, Doug Plagans, going to be reliving one of the great Panthers wins of the past. 7 o'clock tonight. Do not miss it. You never want to miss the Hawk and Crowder show. They're on weekdays from 3 to 6, always having fun. Earlier today, Vegas is back, baby. Once again, they're going to touch on Drew Brees, which we may touch on again later in the show because, as you know, I'm from New Orleans. Kind of touches close to home, and it's one of those just kind of mm, things. Kind of weighs on you a little bit. But nonetheless, they also, Hawk and Crowder, get into the bad NBA teams. Stay your ass at home. And then, oh, my Rochester home. It feels like Thursday, but it feels like it's 35 years since Monday's show. It's been a long one. We'll never lose sight of the fact that today is National Cheese Day. You can count on that. Also, today is the day that Las Vegas reopened. People walking into casinos, you know, when they opened at 12.01 a.m. West Coast time. And uh, 
There's always something exciting about walking into a casino, even when there's a virus. I, there's still something exciting about walking into a casino. You messed up my life, Hawk. I didn't. I had never cared, but now when I saw those videos of the casino, like my 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 hair raised up on my <laughs> right. arm, like I had a physical reaction to right. seeing gambling going on. Yes, yeah, I introduced you to something that you had no idea was out there. But man, have we had some fun doing it! I'm so proud of it. You were my <laughs> gateway you were the gateway drug to my, my you could have done it like solana though solana went to vegas and he didn't follow my lead he went to earl of sandwich so listen <laughs> everybody everybody has a proclivity to head in some direction solana's saw, took him to earl of sandwich i saw you hit one time on the roulette table and it was over for me <laughs> they give you that many chips oh yeah just, uh, let me get a couple just pick a number i'm in uh so we're gonna talk about the reopening of vegas because that obviously is a big deal because that obviously means uh, sports gambling on a greater level and it means sports is coming back as well because generally how Vegas goes the nation goes. So Drew Brees has been a really stand-up guy and a very yeah. good guy for the community of New Orleans. Post Katrina yep. Drew was the face of the cleanup. He was the yep. face of the of getting the city back to where it was. That's why yep. you know what that's why it was so damn surprising to be honest that Drew that yesterday what happened because you Drew does Drew hasn't made mitts missteps like this right who doesn't make right. missteps right he made he's very savvy he yes. did he did yes. indeed all right so let's get headlines here so earlier today we had a Whoa. somebody texted in though that sham sharania also tweeted out the news so we technically also had a <laughs> that's just us trying to get all our sounds in <laughs> Got to make use of the sound, right? We, sure, uh, we, sure. We make them. We got to make use of them. Right. Uh, the NBA's Board of Governors, they did approve the 22-team format to resume the 2019-2020 season in Orlando. We know, according to sources, that it was a 29 yes votes, 29 yes votes, one no vote. Sham Sharania is reporting that Portland, the home of Damian Lillard, was the only team that voted no to the proposed 22-league format. Well, Dame's told you he doesn't want to play. <laughs> they're terrible. But I was you know, watching that today, watching that on uh, Get Up this morning and all, and they're talking about the team, the eight teams that didn't make it being upset. You were you were terrible. Like, this is, right. you don't get rewarded for being terrible. Like, that was crazy right. to me. Right, if you're bad for most of the season, sorry that <laughs> when we're trying to pick up the pieces, you got excluded. Sorry. And they picked it as teams that could make the playoffs. That's why it's 13, what, 13 out of the East, 9 out of the West. Right, and 9, teams, yeah. It's teams that can make the playoffs. You have no chance of making the playoffs. Go. You want to play some basketball, y'all all get together, go down to the Y, and y'all can play terrible basketball at the Y. We don't want to watch y'all play. That's not even the fan bases don't want to see you play. Get out of here, Portland. Get out of here. Beat it. <laughs> beat it. Hey, beat it. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that. Hey, beat it. Hey, beat it. You're your uh, <laughs> All right. Your NBA. Play the whole song. You have the song? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Got to be better than your update. <laughs> huh. <laughs> what the hell is going on there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is it the lawn service? Yeah, lawn man pulled up. Hey, beat it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry. They told him, don't you ever come around. Hey. Beat it! Beat it! Beat it! Beat it! Beat it! 
Hey, beat it. Beat it. 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 I think that might be something that could work on looters. I just think it's a play that. I tell you All one right. thing, if looters coming to my neighborhood, I'm gonna start yelling it. Hey, beat it. Do it. Beat it. Get out of here. Y'all, y'all, y'all change my speech patterns because I don't say that anymore because y'all killed me about it. I said, I said, I said beat it for 30 years. 30 but you can years. say beat it to, uh, you know, a, a, a neighborhood vandal that, that's uh, kicking over your mailbox. You don't say beat it to an employee at your house that's just trying to do the lawn service and you're angry that they're making noise while you're doing a radio show. Like, it's not an appropriate time to tell a grown man, beat it. Differing opinions. Finish up your headline, Solana, because Contessa Brewer is going to call us. We have a limited window with her. Yeah, quickly here, uh, the NBA also informed the Board of Governors of their new schedule date. So training camp for the remainder of the season will be from June 30th to July 7th. July 7th is when the players will get to travel to Orlando. The start of this season to finish it out will be July 31st. Free agency begins October 18th. And as of right now, the target dates to start next year, 2020-2021 season, a November 10th training camp and uh, the opening season uh, or the season opener would be December 1st. Again, that's a fluid situation. Those are just target dates. Brian Flores was on a video call today with the media. He said he did talk to the team about George Floyd's murder and the protests and civil unrest around the country. He also discussed to us that he's working hard. But he can't offer a health update because team doctors haven't seen him yet. Inter-Miami has been approved to begin small group training sessions at their complex in Fort Lauderdale today. And finally, guys, uh, a butcher in Rochester, New York, my hometown, is using a refrigerated vending machine to sell his meat. And it's been so popular, he has to restock it multiple times a day. A, I didn't know you were from Rochester. I'm not. Uh, I have my family who originally immigrated All right, let's to the get United weather. States. I, I, quick, quick, quick. I, I don't I don't know. You can't say my hometown of Rochester. I go, that's interesting. Didn't know you're from Rochester. And have you say, well, I'm not. So quick, quick, quick. Let's get weather. We'll circle back. Right now in South Florida, <laughs> 79 degrees, showers. I mean, that, do you realize how absurd that response is? My hometown. <laughs> town of rochester oh that's interesting i didn't know you're from rochester yeah i'm not huh it just happened i've been telling everybody since monday you have to listen so i'm trying to listen but what if you're saying complete nonsense 79 degrees currently in south florida showers have moved into the miami area you'll, you'll be seeing a lot of rain but also a 50 percent chance it won't rain as humidity is at 88 percent one inches of precipitation visibility at seven miles that is your weather one it's one, one inch it's just singular if it's one it's one just... inches. way to go solana who rochester, are you solana. have you ever been to rochester i have many times and so is it your hometown no i was born south miami <laughs> hospital miami right. county but my family that immigrated here from ireland my american family all reside in rochester new york proudly i'm a rochester red wings fan and uh yeah, okay and but I, it's I, not your hometown it's not it's, my hometown it's not, but it's my it's family's my family's hometown in the united states yeah well my hometown of los angeles which i'm not from i'm from the other la though louisiana and that's what's been so kind of crazy these past couple of days drew Brees making some statements Kind of controversial the other day. And for those people that aren't from South Louisiana, don't understand what Drew Brees means to us. When we thought New Orleans was gone after Katrina, a lot of us didn't believe 
He still believed. He stayed. He rebuilt the city. He won a Super Bowl. He has been a symbol of our just resolve, of our city, of everything that we stand for. He's done everything right. And then yesterday, he made these comments. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let me let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better. And that we are all part of the solution. So Drew Brees makes an anti-kneeling during the national anthem statement. He kind of explained why. Ooh, man, there's a saying in South Louisiana, in Breezes we trust. When you say something like that, it kind of shakes you, it rattles you. He has since apologized now, but here's some of the reaction from his teammate, Malcolm Jenkins, on what Drew Brees just now, what you heard him say. Our communities are under siege, and we need help. And what you're telling us is, don't ask for help that way. Ask for a different way. I can't listen to it when you ask that way. We're done asking, Drew. And people who, who share your sentiments, who express those and push them throughout the world, the airways, are the problem. And it's unfortunate because I considered you a friend. I looked up to you. You're somebody who I had a great deal of respect for. But sometimes you should shut the f*** up. Ooh, kind of got to feel that way sometimes when you say that. Once again, Drew Brees has apologized. Another South Louisianian, New Orleanian, who now makes his home here in Miami, a legendary hurricane. Ed Reed wasn't as conciliatory. I see Drew Brees trying to do his part in keeping black folk down. You're a straight sucker for that, Drew Brees. We all got kids, so I'm going to try to mind what I say right now. Drew Brees, you're a straight sucker, man. You're a sucker for that, bro. Why you think all these young people out here protesting? Why you think they're out here protesting? The looting? I can see you speaking on the looting and saying that's bad. You don't support that. But why you think all these young people out here protesting? I really ain't got no more words for you, bro. You're a sucker, man. Straight BS, man. Straight BS. And for all my Saints fans, for all my New Orleans people who still like your ass just because they want to win games, y'all right with them. You understand? Drew Brees, you're a sucker. You're going to be a sucker. You understand? Punk, man. Very strong words right there from Miami's own, New Orleans' own, Eric, um, Eric Reed, Ed Reed. I was thinking about Eric Reed, the other man who sat next to Colin Kaepernick and kneeled down during national anthem protests. Drew Brees, once again, was one 
a city and still a city symbol in New Orleans for raising the city. Maybe he can become a symbol for bringing us all together by realizing that maybe he said some things that weren't exactly right and bringing us together. We can only hope so. Love and care and be good to each other. We'll be back tomorrow night with another edition of the Best of the Joe Show. I hand it over now to the man, the myth, the legend, Doug Plagans. He's got a Panthers rewind, a Panthers pleasurable win from the past here on 560 The Joe. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.